Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today, we've got another installment of our Q&A podcast. We've got three cracking questions from our followers today. Our first one, which players, in your opinion, never reach their full potential? That's from Steve. Question two, will Payne Haas be playing in State of Origin 1? That's a question from Jamie. And our third question today, thoughts on Latrell Mitchell in 2020 and how he will impact the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That one's from Lawrence Designs. Thanks, boys. We're going to kick off into them now. Our first question comes from Steve in Clovelly. He asks, which players never reached their full potential, in your opinion? I'm going to mention five guys here, maybe six, that, um, that I just think could have been absolutely anything in rugby league, but for one reason or another, didn't make it. You know, didn't reach their full potential. They, you know, there's different things can happen, whether it's off field, whether it's injuries, whether it's the timing of coaches or, you know, the teams you're in. Just so many things can derail careers. And these are a few blokes that stand out for me in the history of rugby league. Um, The first one is the New Zealand juggernaut, Ali Lawatiti. For a lot of our younger listeners, you know, you probably won't know who Ali Lawatiti is, but I advise that you look him up and just... His skill set was unbelievable. Uh, Lauatiti, he was a loose forward and he debuted in 1998 for the Warriors and he left in 2003. So he only lasted five seasons or so with the Warriors. Already in that time, he was being called the Michael Jordan of Rugby League. He was just a walking highlights reel. He would just enter contact, the tackle would look done, complete, and then a hand would come out with the ball, you know, holding it like a tennis ball, and he would just pop an offload here, there. He really was the mascot for the football 
the Warriors were playing when they first entered the NRL. He was unbelievable. You know, he had some issues in 2003 with the coaching staff at the Warriors. Um, there was a bit of, I don't know, the, the story's a bit hard to get through. There's there's differing opinions, but the Warriors are of the opinion that he didn't care enough about the Warriors being successful. So he went over to England. So he only played 120-odd first grade games. He went over to England and played another 300-odd. So he ended up playing a total of 400 games across the NRL and the Super League. So the equivalent of what Cameron Smith has done in the NRL, Ali Lauatiti did in the back row playing over in England and over here in Australia. He really was an incredible talent, and it's a it's a huge loss for rugby league. It's a bigger loss for New Zealand rugby league. He was like he, he was like Sonny Bill before Sonny Bill arrived. His instincts and everything was just second to none. But he had a very relaxed attitude, and it was sometimes taken the wrong way. But he's definitely one for me that I think didn't reach anywhere near his potential in the NRL. And if he did, he would have been an all-time superstar and possibly the greatest Kiwi player we've ever seen. The next man I'm going to talk about, he debuted in 2005 with the Eels. His name was Tim Smith, and he burst onto the scene almost like nothing we've ever seen before. He played in the 2005 Eels squad that um, they got the minor premiership. They got beaten in the semifinals, but they were just unbelievable that year, and he was the center of it. Uh, Tim Smith was playing halfback. You know, there was already comparisons to Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny and all these legends of the game, and it really looked like a turning point for the Parramatta Eels. In the season 2005, Tim Smith came up with 40 try assists. 40 try assists. That is incredible. That is stats that you wouldn't be able to produce on a PlayStation. Just unbelievable stuff by Tim Smith that year. He had this um, He had this right-to-left uh, cutout ball that he used to hit Eric Groth with, Eric Groth Jr., of course. And wow, it was just a 30-meter bullet pass that was hitting your chest every day of the week. He was an incredible talent. We saw 2005 hit such great highs. And the next few years, the Eels, you know, they just couldn't replicate it. And Tim's game slowly started to um, fall apart at the Eels. He, um, he made a move to the Sharks hoping to reignite his career, and it just never really came along for Timmy. He um, you know, he ended up over in England and finished his career over there, but he was a talent that he really could have been anything. To, to have 40 try assists in two seasons is a great knock. To do it in one in your rookie season, it was seriously something special to watch, and I think that for the Parramatta Eels, they've got a few seasons that um, were the ones that got away, including 2001. 2005 was definitely another because that was just a star-studded team playing exciting footy and they didn't come home with any silverware. And their main man, Tim Smith, it fell apart very soon after. Uh, he's one that I wish would have kicked on because he would have been one of the most entertaining sevens to watch of all time if he kept up his 2005 form guy is Owen Craigie. His career just could have been anything. He had so much raw ability, it's not even funny. Owen Craigie's the only player ever to make Australian schoolboys in three seasons in a row. So he made Australian schoolboys in 1994, 1995, and 1996. So for those at home, think about making the Australian schoolboys sides of being in the top 17 best rugby league players at school when you're in year 10. Then he made it in year 11. Then he made it in year 12. To play three years is unheard of. To play two years is freakish. Three years, you are a special, special talent. Maddie's debut in 95 and won a comp two years later in 97 with Newcastle. But, for example, Danny Badiris, he said that he's the most freakish player he's ever seen. Andrew Johns, the eighth immortal, said he's the best naturally gifted player I ever played with. 
Blokes like Joey and Danny Badiris to say that, they have played some footy and they have played with some fellas. They've played at all levels. They've played international, origin, over in England, in the NRL. They've done it all. And to say that about a bloke like Owen Craigie, it just shows the sort of footballer he was. Um, you know, He went to a few clubs. He was at Newcastle. Then he went to the Tigers. Then he made his way to the Rabbitohs. And it just never really seemed to click anywhere for him. Um, there was a lot of rumours about him not being a keen trainer, his diet always being off and, you know, all these all this crap that went with him. He really was, he could have been anything in the NRL, Owen Craigie. He had all the ability in the world and he's just one of those freakish talents that if you were to put him into the modern game today, they're so structured and it's just about getting to points on the field, he would just blow it away in the modern game. Like there's just no one in rugby league right now with his sort of ability to just be able to naturally feel when something's on and take advantage of it in a split second. He was a freak on Craigie. It's a huge loss for rugby league that he didn't kick on as he should. Our next bloke comes from the Tigers, um, Taniela Tuaki. He debuted in 2006 and retired, uh, well, played his last game at the end of 2009. He was uh, he was a left winger for the Tigers. He played when, uh, when Benji was sort of at the peak of his powers, just doing some unbelievable things and finding him occasionally unmarked, but most of the time with a few bodies in front of him. And he was just such a strong winger. His legs and ass were just all power. He was so hard to bring down. He played 78 games and scored 42 tries. So, you know, he's scoring a try every second game, which is unbelievable. He just, the way that he used to take on the line, the way he used to return kicks, and it was just, you know, if they happen to get the ball to him 10 metres out with one man in front of him, even two men in front of him, you know, you could normally count it in as a try. He was just so strong, and he just knew how to sniff out a try out of absolutely anything. He was forced to medically retire uh, with a terrible injury. I, I believe it happened in 2009, but he ended up retiring in, like, 2011, which, you know, a huge loss for rugby league. He would have been a superstar winger. And, you know, if he would have come come along 10 years later, you know, in the age now of super coach and stats and keeping tackle breaks, post-contact meters, Taniela Tuaki would have been an absolute superstar of the NRL. A terrible loss because, you know, we didn't get to see anywhere near, near Tuaki's best. And what we did see was simply incredible. Our last fella on our list is uh, Darrell Yao Yi. Now, for those that remember how Yao Yi's career ended, it, it was sickening. Um, had a terrible injury, I believe, playing against South Sydney over in Perth one night. And he, he was just such a talent, Darrell Yao Yi. He debuted in 2009, retired in 2012. He only played 60 games at first grade, scored 33 tries in this time. If there's any young kids out there who don't know who I'm talking about when I say Jarrell Yao Yi, I highly advise you jump on YouTube and you find the try that Yao Yi scored where he collected a Jonathan Thurston kick in his own end and he ran straight down the sideline and Thurston came across in cover defense and he just went right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot and he just corkscrewed Thurston out of any chance of making the tackle. He was just that sort of talent. He was incredible. So quick, so strong, so fast. He knew where to be. He knew how to get there. He just had an instinct that not many players do. Uh, He scored some unbelievable tries down the right edge off kicks that he kicked himself. Just had instincts that not many others did. He was only... 22 when, when he'd retired, and he'd already played for Australia, already played for the Kangaroos. I think he'd played three games for Australia and scored three tries, and played three games for the Maroons and scored two tries. So he was just, he knew how to sniff out a try. He was an amazing talent. And, you know, you still see him around the Brisbane Broncos um, social media team, which is fantastic to still see him in the game because he was just, 
he was just he added so much to rugby league and it was a true true loss for the game but a massive loss for the Broncos as well he would have been a superstar for the Broncos and for Queensland and for Australia for the next 10 years it was an absolute tragedy we lost to our Yoyi now the last guy we're going to mention is going to be a little bit controversial and people are going to get upset but hear me out the last man I'm going to mention is Andrew Johns now Joey had an incredible career he's already the eighth immortal but I just want you to think about for halves you normally see them play them their most complete and best footy from probably 27 until about 32. Now, when Joey was about 29 years old, his injuries first started to occur. Between 2004 and 2007, the Knights played 103 games. Joey only played 43 of these games. So we missed out of the, you know, the most mature footy from Joey Johns that we could have seen. You know, we saw Brad Fittler's last three or four years playing for the Roosters in 02, 03, 04. He was just on another level. It just looked like he was jogging. He just had all the time in the world, but he just kept creating and kept producing unbelievable things. We look at Joey, you know, he only played these 43 games between 2004 and 2007. A few of those games are at state of origin level, and oh my God, he just blew Queensland away in 2005. If he could have brought that back to clubland and done it consistently by staying on the field instead of being injured, I honestly believe we would have seen even better footy out of Andrew Johns. We were robbed of some of the best years of watching Joey play and a massive loss for rugby league in general and for Newcastle especially. There was probably another premiership there they could have won somewhere if Joey was on the field. Our next question comes from Jamie. He asks, will Payne Haas play Origin in 2020? Mate, it's a tough one. You'd have to think so based on his late season form. But, um, you know, I guess when he did play Origin, he didn't have a huge impact. But I think what people need to remember that as good as Payne Haas is, it was his first full season of rugby league. He also missed the first six games of the NRL season. So he didn't have as much match fitness as the other blokes who were running around that night. And, you know, Queensland... They held their own that night. They really showed up and they put it to the New South Wales pack. You know, on paper, that Queensland pack, they shouldn't even be competing with the New South Wales pack, but Queenslanders doing what Queenslanders do. They step up and they take it on and they did that night. And I think Payne Haas was probably a little bit unlucky. Uh, you know, he didn't have the impact that he did during club games during the rest of the season, but I don't think he went that poorly. I expect him to play Origin at some point in 2020. I wouldn't, you know, it's obviously not going to shock anyone if he's picked for game one. On paper, he's definitely uh, one of the best front rowers in the world. It just depends how he backs up after his first season. Personally, I'd tip yes, he returns to the Origin Arena uh, for game one in 2020, but I guess it depends what direction Freddie wants to go. You know, front row is a position that New South Wales have just got a plethora of talent, so he's going to have to force someone out of the team that went in and did a job for him. You know, I know um, Daniel Saifidi cops a heap of shit on social media and everyone bags him and asks why he's in the team, but he went in and did the job that he needed to do for Freddie. It wasn't a superstar performance. There was no try assist. There wasn't a million offloads. There wasn't a million tackle breaks. But he bent the line. He got to his front. He got the quick play the balls. He won his contest, which is all Freddie needed in a front row. It's all you need in a front row when you've got blokes like Damian Cook, James Tedesco, Nathan Cleary, these sorts of superstars in your team. So as much as Payne Haas probably should be there on paper, 
I know Freddie will probably be pretty loyal to the guys that he know could do the job in 2019 when they're under a heap of pressure in the media. It's got the it's heart. Yes. It's got the leg. I think yes. it's there. Yes, it's there. He has kicked the field goal. Our next question comes from Lawrence Designs. If you're on Instagram, jump up and have a look at them. At uh, Lawrence Designs. He asks... Thoughts on Latrell Mitchell in 2020 and how he will impact the Rabbitohs. I love the signing of Latrell Mitchell from the Rabbitohs. Um, I know for whatever reason it's become really popular to doubt and bag Latrell Mitchell regardless of what he does. I just I remember Origin 1 last year when he put in a really poor performance. Pretty much one of his only poor performances of the last two years. But everyone just took the opportunity to jump on him and bag the life out of him. And, you know, I said then... Keep an eye on Latrell Mitchell. He's too good not to bounce back from this. He will have a big impact on what happens in the 2019 Premiership race. And you know what happened. There was the match-winning play in the grand final. And guess who produced the magic pass to send Daniel Tupu down the touchline to find Teddy back on the inside? Latrell Mitchell. Stop doubting champions. He's going to come good. It might start slow, without a doubt. But by the end of the year, Latrell Mitchell will be one of the premier fullbacks in the NRL. You can watch the All-Stars game and, you know, you can bag him for his performance. But it's blatantly obvious that all he's lacking is just a few little things that come with being a fullback. It's match awareness and match fitness. Both of those come with time. They don't happen overnight. He's got GI there. He worked with Matty Bowen in the All-Stars camp. He's got so many voices that are helping him with what he's doing. And more importantly, he's got Wayne Bennett. And he's in a strong team. Latrell Mitchell will be a premier fullback. It might not be in round one to round five. But come finals time, he's going to be firing for the Roosters. And there's going to be a lot of egg on a lot of people's faces that have tried to bag Latrell Mitchell once again. Thanks for tuning in to the Rugby League Guru podcast for another week. Coming up this week, we've got a special interview with the Toronto Wolfpack fullback. Blake Wallace's story is just incredible. He, you know, he started in the New South Wales Cup four years ago with no no one coming to knock on his door from the NRL, not much interest in him, you know, was almost ready to hang up the boots and then an opportunity came about to sign with a no-name club in Toronto called the Wolfpack. And it's just an incredible journey for him over the last four years that's now landed him playing alongside Sonny Bill Williams in the English Super League. Unbelievable stuff. And just, you know, it's one of those stories of what rugby league can bring you. Just incredible opportunity. I highly advise you tune into that. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it to your mates, subscribe and like. Remember, keep kicking to corners and always play smart footy.